And welcome back to another Who Gives a Hoot podcast. We're back, still staying remote, still staying in quarantine. Luke, have you done anything in quarantine recently? I have watched a lot of German soccer. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes. Like every game that I have access to. Yeah. Two games up at once, you know, uh, reaching out over Zoom with, you know, the team, uh, team hosted a Zoom call, uh, threw some some weight around with Weston, didn't get cussed out by him. So, you know, that was good. Yep. Yep. Uh, Weston from League One hosted his own watch party for a German team, and I was there. Uh, we can confirm that Weston and I are different people. Uh, right, I can so, confirm. It's, so it's okay. We're all good. And it was a fun time. And Union Omaha had another, uh, had a fun event where they did a Zoom tailgate. And that was a ton of fun. But is there anything, I mean, like, have you seen anything funny outside, like a bird or any type of animals? I finally found the woodpecker that has been like poking holes in the tree and annoying the crap out of me in the mornings. Okay. Finally found it. Um, okay, what, did you just see it? Did you just look at it? I, I just looked at it, and by the time I got out, outside, I was going to, you know, try and, try and like, figure out a way to get rid of it for good. And okay. um, it was gone. Okay. So, well, Perfect. That's all, that, that's all it needs to be. Just get rid of it. It'll be uh, back. And then on the ones and twos, we have our producer, Patrick Tyler. Pat, how are you doing? How, I mean, what have you been up to in this quarantine? Well, you know, I just finished watching all of The Last Dance okay. on ESPN. And I got to say, for from ESPN, really good production. Really good production, but I think it proved that Jordan wasn't the GOAT. You can text me, DM me, and I'll fill up your time. I will take up all your time. All you need to know, by the way, about Jordan is that he went 1-3 against the Pistons in his playoff career. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Baseball player. Terrible baseball player, couldn't hit a curveball. I could go on and on. I could go on and on about how much I don't like Jordan. So uh, just DM me if you're actually curious. You know, I've been checking your timeline. I've been checking your tweets. You're starting to get a little cocky about your FIFA talent. What's there to get cocky about? I mean, you you seem to think that you could take on anybody in FIFA. I, I can take on anybody in FIFA. I will take on anybody in FIFA, and I will beat anyone on FIFA. okay okay luke do you have any thoughts about that uh i'll i'll believe it when i see it listen listen all i'm gonna say is there was a game recently where jp played against portugal and that he had a great opportunity to come back in that game made did not make great decisions at halftime and let the game go out of the rails in terms of Portugal's favor. Hmm. All I'm going to say is, if I was in that game, the result would have been very different. <laughs> very different. No. We'll no. okay. be talking to Matt later, and uh, you know, maybe we can uh, get him to get you on the sticks. Maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll, see we can, we can only hope. We can only we'll, hope. We'll see what we can do. Today we have Matt Hominoff on. And we're hoping that he can answer some questions about when we're going to be returning because we know that the Premier League, the actual best league in soccer, is back and they're training. Uh, the German League is back, and that was fun to watch, like Luke said. I mean, Dortmund with a big win, Bayern holding strong with a big win. Uh, it's coming back. It's coming back. So, is that a bird in the background? Did I hear a bird in the background? 
Yes, there are birds that are flying into my window. (laughs) (laughs) See, life is coming back, people. No need to fear. Uh, No. Well, I mean, if the Premier League comes back and no Bundesliga wraps up by the end of June, maybe we get that Champions League match to uh, show you once and for all that Bayern's better than Chelsea. Really? You think Bayern's better than Chelsea? I mean, there was a game that was at there was a game at Bayern that Chelsea won to win Champions League final. I don't know were, if you remember that. Were you obviously you don't diapers at that point? What? Were you even out of diapers at that point? <laughs> yes, I was out of diapers. And I just got out of diapers last year. So Jeez. I know. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big baby. What can I say? Happy about that. Yeah, my yeah, she's yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, we're just super excited to uh, have Matt Hamlin off on. But if you want to help support the podcast, you can go to our Twitter and our Facebook page. Our pin tweet and pin post is to shop uh, and get our Who Gives a Hoot scarves ahead of the season so that you can be fitted uh, well and look really, really nice in the stands. I'm sure Pat will give you a gloved high five if he sees a Who Gives a Hoot scarf. Pat, would you do that? Absolutely. A gloved high five? You had to be wearing gloves? Well, right, yeah. Aren't you supposed or, to do, like, elbow bumping? Yeah. Is it elbow bump? He'll give you an elbow bump. I don't know. A gloved high five seems okay, right? I feel like well, then you got to worry about taking the glove off. and. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's when you put on another glove on top of a glove, right? And then take it off uh, that way. Right, you know. I hear you like People- gloves. People, people come to Who Gives a Hoot to hear glove, proper gloving technique. And in, in our segment today is proper gloving technique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we're just super excited about uh, getting the league ready. And we're going to ask Matt a bunch of questions about when the league could be coming back, what the, uh, what the other teams are doing inside the league. And uh, hopefully we can give you all that information. If you have any questions about what's going on you can dm us and on the very next episode we're going to try to answer them all and we'll have a mailbag next episode but make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast it really helps us out so thank you guys so much hey guys before we get to the interview i want to talk to you guys about global scarves global scarves is the premier supplier of custom soccer scarves beanies blankets and other great fan merchandise They have the lowest pricing to maximize your fundraising needs and to produce at the highest quality in Europe, where soccer was born. They know the product, and they know what it means to put that scarf on for match day. They work tirelessly to make sure that you are outfitted to support your club. Email Global Scarves now to find out more information on the process or to get a free design mock-up for your group or club at kyle at globalscarves.com. And we would like to welcome on the most recurring guest, guest, I guess you would say, right? Is that how you'd say it? Matt Hamanoff. Matt, welcome back. The most guested person on the podcast. How are you? That doing? is an honor, for sure. I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> as well as can be expected. Uh, and it's always great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Matt, let's just get right to it. I mean, this Saturday, there's a great event. Uh, from Union Omaha, the curbside meal pack. Walk us through what all of that is. Sure. Uh, so we're, we're obviously very excited to welcome our fans uh, out to Warner Park. Uh, we wish it could be for a game, of course, uh, but that is obviously not meant to be right now, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, so we decided to combine 
uh, our season ticket holder scarf pickup. We've got a special limited edition scarf for season ticket holders with a more general to the public curbside meal uh, pickup. Uh, So four pulled pork sandwiches, or I should say the ingredients to make up to four pulled pork sandwiches, because you don't have to make all four right away. Um, And then some uh, some pub chips, waters, souvenir cups, uh, all together for thirty dollars each. We think it's a great deal. It's it's not about um, uh, making money, uh, if I can be blunt about that. It's about giving fans, whether they're season ticket holders or not a reason to come out to Werner park uh, and hopefully interact and see our play interact with and see our players uh, with social distancing in place. that will be the ones uh, running the meals out to the cars um, along with our staff. who will be handing out the scarves. So we're excited to welcome fans out to the park. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really important to note that without having a game under our belt yet, there is a good percentage of our fan base that has either never been out to Werner Park for um, a sporting event uh, or just never been out to that area at all or, or out in a very limited uh, way and capacity. So it's our way of engaging with our fan base and introducing the area and the specific location to our fan base who, again, needs that introduction for, uh, for the most part because obviously we haven't had an event there yet. Now, Matt, there's one thing that really sticks out on the graphic that includes four pulled pork sandwiches, one pound of chips, four cookies, four water bottles, four souvenir cups. But there's one thing that really sticks out is that there's a mystery gift. Do you want to give any hints on what the mystery Uh, gift is? If I did, it wouldn't be a mystery, right? Oh, no no hints? Um, So for those fans that came to the Meet the Team event, I I would ask people to jog their memories and say what was the uh, the the most appreciated or one of the most appreciated aspects of that event. So that's what I'll leave fans with. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all we need. <laughs> no, Matt, it looks like we're going to have absolutely fantastic weather for that. You know, it's going to be a beautiful day out there at Werner Park. Hopefully, you know, the guys are, are staying fit, staying healthy, and this hopefully this keeps them really, really sane. Uh, seeing all these people come out and pick up their scarves if they're season ticket holders, like two of the three of us are, uh, <laughs> and uh, get, get themselves some get themselves some pulled pork chips. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would offer. Look, I think that those are all great points. Um, I would offer that this event is essentially weatherproof uh, because the fans unfortunately cannot get out of their cars yet. Um, so we're uh, we're doing it drive-by style or curbside style. Uh, so regardless if there's wind, rain, or just a beautiful, sunny, early uh, early summer evening, um, we're good to go no matter what. Uh, players are okay getting a little wet. They need to, uh, to, they need to get used to uh, all the weather challenges that we have here in, uh, in the greater Omaha metro. Um, so, uh, so what better way to introduce them to weather at Warner Park uh, than with an outdoor event that, uh, that who knows? It, it could be beautiful. It could be snowing. Well, Matt, to jump a little bit away from the event, it sounds like the guys are getting used to some of that uh, Warner Park, um, you know, atmosphere, weather, you know, since that's where they've they've been uh, able to do some sort of that small team practice. Yeah, that's that's How- right, Luke. Um, sorry, finish your question. Sorry about that. 
Well, how how's that going? How's um how's that working out for for the guys? How's that working out for the the staff out there? So I I think it's fair to say that we're making the best of the situation. Um, there are some incredibly strict rules uh, by design, and I, I'm not I'm not saying the rules aren't um, important, and I'm certainly not saying and I'm not suggesting that they're not necessary, but they are restrictive by design. Um, so groups of no more than four. Uh, and that's assuming the players already live together, uh, which, of course, in, in the vast majority of cases, our players do. Um, so uh, so groups of a maximum of four uh, essentially move throughout stations uh, that are sufficiently distanced from one another uh, on the um, on the Warner Park grass. Uh, so we have we've used the grass for individual workouts dating back to the 11th, I believe, was the first day we could do it. Um, so just over a week now. And uh, and so far, I think it's, it's very well appreciated. I think our players are getting used to the facility. Uh, obviously, the field or maybe not, obviously, uh, the field is not yet laid out for soccer in a formal sense. Um, but we've been able to use utilize the majority of the grass area, which is, of course, the entire outfield, um, as well as bring down uh, one of the goals. And of course, we've got all the other training equipment already at the park. Uh, to run our players through these individual and small group workouts. Um, so it's a, it's a good opportunity for them to get introduced to the sight lines and, and the overall feel of the turf and how the, 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 uh, the grass plays um, in various weather conditions uh, for when the games do finally start to count. Now, Matt, Nebraska, the state of Nebraska never truly had stay-at-home orders. Does being in the state of Nebraska is that type of a, is that an advantage or to, when it comes to the league and starting to open it up practice, or does that not really matter? Uh, it, it doesn't matter directly to us. Um, will the, the you know the obvious point, Pierce, or at least I would hope it would be obvious to everyone listening, is is that we're going to fully comply with whatever the local. Um, uh, rules and regulations are obviously we're not looking to break any rules uh, to gain any um, competitive advantage we obviously are going to prioritize the health and safety of our players staff and fans over everything else that being said we are part of a national league uh, there are what three time zones represented um, uh, yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Four, uh, four actually if you consider the fact that uh, Tucson is in Arizona and I think they switch time zones based upon daylight savings time um, so, yeah. uh, so which is a ridiculous right. rule <laughs> uh, yeah we, we, that, that's for another podcast so. another podcast you know the undeniable fact is until or unless the USL um, decides to merge League One and championship play which, of course, has been talked about with a whole lot of other options. As everyone's heard a million times over by now, everything's still on the table. But until or unless that happens, um, we're not looking for regional play. Uh, it's just not an option for us. I, I can tell you that I hope that it becomes an option in the, in the future. Um, but the reality is, is that we're looking at national play. So we're going to be beholden to what the national league-wide standards are. Uh, for getting back to some semblance of of local um, uh, local training, and then of, of course uh, play of games around the country. Now, bringing that national identity of the league, um, USL Championship has been uh, players have been approached, um, and the USLPA 
has has brokered this an option uh, to reduce salaries at least temporarily, but in in the midst of that, also a return to play proposal. Uh, how how close are we looking at League One? Um, USL dropped something last week saying that there's no full timeline for a full team training. Uh, but when that happens, we're going to be looking to get right back into it. Is there any rough idea at this point as to a timeline or how quickly that timeline is going to be forced at us? Um, so nothing what I would consider to be firm on that. I can tell you that I've seen rough estimates, and I stress the word rough, that say that teams will at least have two to three weeks to prepare when it comes to full-side training from the time they can begin full-sided training to the time competitive games will in the championships case resume or in the or in league one league one's case start um so the i I know that's a pretty vague answer but that's what that's all we've been given at this point how is it like how are those conversations going with other teams like what are those conversations like like when you talk to the madison coo and their their front office about what they're doing. What are, what are some other teams doing in this situations that you may have stolen from, or that you're trying to implement into union Omaha? So that that's a tricky question because okay. I'll, I'll tell you that we're constantly trying to um, borrow best practices or learn from uh, our opponents and, uh, and soon to be on field rivals. Uh, the reality is, is I think we are, at or ahead of the pack on virtually every on-field metric you can come up with. Um, I'm not saying that to put down other teams. I'm simply saying that we benefit from um, a coach who, let's be honest, this isn't his first rodeo. Um, Right. He's he's been around. He's seen, and while obviously no one has seen what we're all going through right now, uh, between the experience I've gained with other teams at various levels, um, obviously the same thing goes for Jay Mims. Um, we have a, a great grounds, uh, staff, uh, an experienced coaching staff, um, fantastic medical care through our team trainer provided by Nebraska medicine. All of those things combine to, I think, put us in the best position to be competitive from the word go. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good answer for you there, Pierce, and nothing's coming to mind. Because, <laughs> because, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to put down any of the other teams. I'm just telling you that from the outside looking in, when they tell us where they are in their preparations and what they're providing for their players, um, facilities, uh, access to, to medical care, whether it's physical or mental, I feel like we're at the front of the pack on all that. No, that that's definitely something that we we want to be uh, supporting a team that isn't following the lead but setting the example. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely huge for us as fans uh, of the team. Uh, getting to what a potential schedule could look like with a lot of both USL Championship and USL One being um, MLS two sides uh, that. The the running joke, but sadly an obvious fact, is the attendance for those is less than less than any level that should be acceptable at a professional uh, in a professional league. Mm-hmm. 
is there consideration of either to jumpstart a league um, playing away at closed door games in those facilities or rather just not giving when a season does uh, start giving those teams no option for home games because they wouldn't be benefiting from a revenue situation. Oof. So that's a, that's a good question, a fair question, but not one that there's a clear answer to right now. Um, I think that the competitive balance is an important topic. Uh, always, always, but less so unfortunately right now when you're talking about the the health and safety measures that are have been thrust upon us since um since mid-march you know the the reality is is that you're always going to have ultra competitive people in this business throughout this industry who are constantly um aware and sensitive to competitive imbalances you know slights whether it's an unbalanced schedule we play this really good team twice away and once at home but we play this really lousy team twice twice at home and once away so that's not fair that that's just an example um i'll tell you that there's been no specific discussion of holding the mls two teams to a different standard in terms of home and away games simply because they draw less fans on average i'm I'm not going to tell you i disagree with the logic it drives me nuts that you know we go to all (laughs) go through all of the expense um, and energy and effort of of traveling to some of these markets just to play in front of a few hundred fans, um, but it's it's where the USL is in their evolution right now. And and anyone who's who's observed the league either by going to games or or um, on ESPN Plus or whatever the case may be is is uh, has to be aware of that. Um, the the USL is not at a point yet where you would have the same level of competition without MLS's involvement. So it's a, it, I, I'm not going to use the term necessary evil. I'm sure there's a nicer way to say that, um, but it, it's a necessary um, challenge to take on right now because it fills out the leagues and raises the overall level of competition. One, one quick follow-up uh, there is one of our, uh, the two sides in the league and based on last year's uh, performance in league one, one of the least attended smallest sized or smallest uh, fan sized venues is uh, Toronto FC two. Now that provides a level of uh, challenge in transportation and moving. Cause then you're moving across a border, yes. uh, which at this point is a currently closed border for the purposes of anything other than essential travel. Yeah. Is that a, option there uh looking at it for us to adjust the season otherwise to to accommodate that that border so the only people that can answer that question are the canadian government um, <laughs> the the reality and and look i've i've gained a bit of a unwanted reputation over the the years because of, of my time in des moines and playing uh, Canadian rivals uh, every season, multiple games in Canada every year, and and I've I've never been shy about my frustrations when it comes to all of the rules and regulations that prohibit American teams being as competitive when they cross the border, um, simply because of the the visa restrictions that the Canadian government puts on um, non-American players uh, traveling back and forth. 
particularly students. Uh, I know that's not necessarily applicable in, in this particular case, but the reality is, is that we are a league with at least one team right now over the border in Canada. Um, and we're going to have to tackle that one head on more specifically, the league office is going to have to tackle that one head on um, if they want to continue to allow Toronto FC two to play uh, in USL league one. Um, I don't have an answer for you on that one. I don't believe anyone does. I can tell you that until uh, we're told otherwise Toronto FC two is uh, an equal partner, um, a competitive team in our league. Uh, but I, I think anyone looking at this with, with even, you know, just a, a sliver of reality is going to realize that that presents a whole host of challenges, uh, given mm. uh, given the status of the border and, and international travel right now. When it comes to, I mean, Union Omaha has done so many different events. I mean, I mean, obviously some things are with League One, but you guys have hosted your own events. What's that like planning these events? I mean, the... I, how and how have you guys come up with some ideas and what are some ideas that are probably on the cutting room floor that nobody knows about that didn't make it to the to the public Ooh, great question thank um, you thank you yeah <laughs> so so I, i'll tell you you know we um w- whether the staff is is together in the office uh voluntarily of course um or or you know daily meeting by uh teams or zoom or whatever the case may be that in that given day in that given context um, we're constantly searching for the best possible ways to engage our fan base uh, from the, the most hardcore season ticket holders down to the casual fans that, you know, haven't really given us a try yet. But um, but we we want to entice uh, out to uh, out to a game once those do restart. Um, so so it's it's definitely taken a lot of uh, thought and, and a lot of creativity. And we're always on the lookout for new and fun ways um, to engage those fans of all ages, of all demographic uh, backgrounds. Um, so I'll tell you that, you know, uh, the the reality of what we work with right now is we've got a model at Warner Park through our um, our partners with the Omaha Storm Chasers, uh, which is where the uh, the genesis of the curbside meal pack came from, because they had had a lot of success doing it with uh, with traditional ballpark foods, hot dogs and nachos and and stuff like that. Um, so we uh, we certainly wanted to give it a try as well. Um, there's an obvious point there, at least obvious to me, uh, that our fan base has not yet had the opportunity to develop the I'm not going to say relationship, the affinity um, to ballpark <laughs> foods that, that baseball <laughs> fans have. Like. No, no, no. You can describe it as a relationship. I would kill for a hot dog right now. To be there you go. <laughs> so, so, um, so we knew it was going to be a challenge because obviously a lot of, as I was saying earlier, a lot of our fans, especially our existing season ticket holder base, um, have not been out to multiple events um, at Warner Park yet. Um, and, and while that is, of course, going to change in the fu- at some point in the future, um, it's not a connection that I think is as readily made on the soccer side as it has been uh, with a decade of baseball games under the storm chasers belts. Um, and I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, that being said, it's, it's not again, just about selling food. It's, it's about giving our fan base a reason to get out of the house, to make the drive to Warner park, whether it's a five minute drive or a 25 minute drive. Um, 
so so I, I, I think it's important to, to come up with new and creative ways to uh, to make sure that Warner Park is seen as a fun destination for our fan base, both both existing and, and otherwise. Um, I'll tell you that when it comes to future events, uh, the thing that I'm most looking forward to, uh, and I know a lot of people are as well, is us being able to lay out the soccer field the way it's going to look for our games. Uh, and inviting our fans in for a fan festival, for an open house, so they can walk around the concourse. Um, for, for those listeners who haven't been to Warner Park, there is a complete loop uh, around, uh, essentially a walking path that literally goes the, all the way around the, uh, the park um, and provides a, a great opportunity for our fans, especially on a nice summer evening, to walk all the way around and, and get their steps in and, and see all the different vantage points. Um, but in order to make that really effective, we need to lay out the field. Um, and we haven't had a chance to do that yet for a variety of scheduling reasons, not the least of which is for as little we know uh, about our soccer schedule right now is as little as we know about the Storm Chasers minor league baseball schedule. Um, so until there's clarity on both of those things, uh, laying out, going to the expense of laying out the soccer field um, is not the number one priority. It will always be a priority, um, and then, um, and then the opportunity for us to, um, for, for the opportunity for us to welcome our fans in, um, and enjoy, uh, you know, hopefully some nice weather and, and maybe some live music, uh, concession stands, all that kind of fun stuff is, uh, is going to be a special time for sure. Um, and the hope is, is we can do that, uh, significantly before our first game to get fans, used to coming out to the park and finding their seats and learning about the traffic foot traffic patterns and all that kind of fun stuff. Now, Matt, this pandemic is obviously going to change the way fans look at sports going forward. Um, it just in the way interaction here is as we haven't had a epidemic pandemic in quite some time uh, of this level, How, what, what steps are being prepared to make fans more comfortable when, when the season does reopen. Um, you know, a lot of times masks are, have been in the past frowned upon in public places uh, due to unfortunate other incidents, but is there going to be more emphasis on um, sterilization cleanliness to, to make people uh, feel more comfortable than, you know, you necessarily would at a, at a major sporting event? Uh, all great questions. Um, the, the short answer is yes to all of the above. We're, we're going to take every precaution, precaution necessary and make sure that we're in a place where we can safely welcome uh, fans of, of all types. Um, we don't know what all those guidelines are yet because they haven't been released. Uh, but we are absolutely committed to being 100% compliant with all state, uh, local, state, and federal guidelines to make sure uh, that Warner Park is, um, is completely safe or as safe as we can uh, possibly make it for fans to come out and enjoy our games. Well, I mean, Matt, it, it's been very impressive seeing what Union Omaha has done so far. I, this, is a simple, this is a simple question for me. How have you been, stayed so damn positive? I mean, off camera and on camera, it's you've been nothing but damn positive. I, if I was in your situation, I'd be stressed out the wazoo. What the heck's wrong with you, man? Well, so you guys don't call me, you know, with without any notice. 
Uh, right. I, I Fair get, enough. I get, I've got a couple minutes to, you know, gather myself together. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and lie and say, you know, there aren't moments where I, I just throw my hands up in the air and say, what are we doing? Um, but it, the, the reality is, is that we've got this incredibly supportive fan base, you know, fans of, of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all different interest levels in soccer that have, have been across the board so incredibly warm, positive, and understanding. You know, I, I hear these horror stories from these other teams about, you know, just absolutely irate fans demanding more information, demanding immediate refunds, demanding <clears throat> to know what the team is doing for them at, at all times. And I, I feel like across the board, we're blessed with fans here in Omaha that are, are asking the opposite. They're asking, what can we do to help you guys? What can we do to support you? What can we do to make sure this is a valued, um, a valued part of our community? Because there's still that belief among our fan base that this is going to be a, a fantastic beacon of hope um, and, and beacon of light in otherwise a very dark time in, in most of our lives. Uh, and that that we're just so anxious to get out there and celebrate through the game that we love um, when it's safe to do so. So I, I realized that was kind of a long answer uh, to, to your question, but I'll, I'll tell you that that's the kind of stuff that um, that puts a smile on my face and helps me keep going. Now, what one of the things that definitely puts a huge smile on our faces is when we see uh, headlines such as Gary Green just donating 6,000 masks to uh, communities in South Omaha. Mm -hmm. No, that that's huge, hugely beneficial to, to Omaha as a whole uh, from the front office and from Gary. Uh, when are we going to get those, uh, those union Omaha branded face masks that we can reuse? Oh, great question. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, we are, we're in process. Um, so we, uh, we looked at a bunch of different models. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about it in a, um, in a fashion accessory merchandise perspective, <laughs> because obviously these are, these are protective by their nature. Um, so the, the question mm -hmm. really becomes that I know a lot of teams are wrestling with, how do you offer something branded, co-branded, whatever the case may be, and do it in good taste? Um, you know, I, the, mm -hmm. the best examples I've seen are through fundraisers, um, for uh, COVID-19 relief. Um, obviously, uh, we're, we're ahead of the game on that one through our jersey sales, um, which continue to be very strong, uh, but could always use a boost whenever, uh, whenever possible. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you that the, we've looked at a variety of different models. Uh, we want to keep it cost-effective and, and family-friendly as, as an item. Um, we've looked at everything from the traditional masks with the ear loops to neck gaiters, um, in, in all different colors and styles. Uh, and we're hoping to be able to release uh, our, our offerings pretty soon here. Now, if somebody were to, I don't know, want a Jersey, a union Omaha official Jersey, is there somewhere where they could go, Matt? That's called a, that's called a setup for you. I mean, that's, that's as professional as I can get right there. Definitely appreciated. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and here's where I'll take the swing and say shop yeah. shop.unionomaha.com. Um, which is available both uh, through our website uh, as well as through our app. You know, I, I would never want our app to get lost in all of this. I know um, that it's, it's not the, uh, the traditional way 
um, at least until you're in stadium or, or need everything at one click right now. Uh, and that, that a lot of our PR and marketing efforts around it were, um, were abruptly uh, interrupted uh, by all this. Uh, but I'm, I'm confident that our app is going to become um, a great hub of all news and resources for the team from roster information, breaking news. It, it, it um, integrates all of our uh, social media accounts um, and, uh, and, of course, has easy access to the online team store. And for our last question, our producer, Pat, Patrick Tyler, has been talking up a big game about playing FIFA against the team. So I'm going to throw it to Pat here. Pat, do you have anything you want to say to Matt, any type of ch- FIFA challenge that you would like to throw out to him? You know, I have a bunch of FIFA challenges I'd like to throw to him. Uh, so I'm not going to lie, Matt. Not going to lie. There, uh, when the team, when USL announced that we were going to have a FIFA tournament, an EUSL tournament, I got a little excited. I was ready to – I was just waiting for the email, waiting for the text to come through saying, hey, Pat, want to be on our FIFA team? And, you know, a little hurt I got you up, but it's okay. By, I'll let bygones be bygones, right? But after seeing all of these weeks, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not feeling it from our team. I'm, I, you know, and I mean, we, we've had coach, coach Jay on, you know, for got a couple occasions now and, you know, you just look at him and he just expects success. And I feel like out of everyone, I could probably give the most success. So I'm thinking, what if there was a way I could prove myself to not only you, to not only coach Jay, obviously, but to everyone for Union Omaha what do you feel about the idea of me challenging every single Union Omaha player to a game of FIFA? And if they win, if they win, I will pony up and I will give them a who gives a hoot scarf. So you guys remember that cheerleader movie? Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Gabrielle Union. Yes. Yes. Step up. Is it step up? It is not step up. It is. Bring, it, I believe it's pronounced bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, I think that is a fantastic idea. Um, I, uh, I would even go so far as to say, uh, we'll put up scarves uh, on the flip side of this. And, you know, assuming that it all matches up by platform and that the players are willing participants. So obviously I don't want to speak for the entire team, but I can tell you off the top of my head, I've at least got five or six that are going to jump at this because they've got nothing to lose. Of course, it's, it's uh, our scars that, that we're, uh, we're wage, <laughs> wagering. Um, you win uh, and they will give you an additional season ticket holder scarf for you to do with as you see fit. Uh, but they win. And you give them a who gives a hoot scarf. Sound good? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Uh, All right. So, so I'll get with you on the platform. And uh, if the platform is compatible with Twitch, we'll make sure this goes on our, out on our Twitch channel. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that sounds like a beautiful plan, All right. Matt. Thank you I so much, wait. Matt, for coming on. Again, our most guested guest, Matt Hominoff. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope to see you soon. You got it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's always a blast. Perfect. Thank you so much. Don't forget to love it.